download a podcast and you can listen on the go. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. Time to talk about God and stuff on every Wednesday, 2 o'clock on. There are some who call me Tim. Tim. There's the trippy music. All right. I'd never be able to time that out. You'd think that I would learn. It's at 38 seconds. You would think that I would learn after all this time. You would think that I would do that. But nay, I have not done that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Some Call Me Tim. Here at Mutiny Radio, I'm waiting for a phone call from the Sheriff of Truth, LaToya, Sheriff of Truth, Wynn. Uh, exciting stuff happening today. Beautiful day outside. Not, nothing really exciting is happening today. Actually, that's not true at all. Exciting things are happening every day. <laughs> I'm going to try to sign up for some unemployment tonight. What? Yeah. Going to get that done. Finally. I didn't know I was eligible. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to hear from LaToya. She always tells me the news. I have no idea what's going on in the world whatsoever. Absolutely no clue what's happening. Does anybody? I had a little freak out this week. I, I kind of freak out every once in a while, you know. Um, and it helps me. Like, it's like I can't get anything done unless I freak out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've got... Eight weeks left of money for Mutiny Radio. And I realized eight weeks is, goes by very fast. So taking care of business. 415-550-0511 is going to be the number that LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, calls in on. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Oh, my gosh. I had so much fun last night making lobster mac and cheese from real lobsters. I murdered some sea bugs. I did. I did that. I put them headfirst into boiling water, but first I was kind, and I made them be all cold and stuff in the freezer so that they were, like, chilling, you know? And then I plunged them to their death. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy killing them. That part was a little rough for me. Uh, I did enjoy taking them apart, though. Breaking it down, getting all that delicious fat. Oh my gosh. Lobster fat is the best. Delicious stuff. All right, Latoya, call me, call me, call me. My brain is very slow today because I drank gin last night, which I don't do. I don't drink gin. Who drinks gin? Who does that? Fancy gin drinks. I mean, <laughs> my brain my brain's like what do you believe in Pam so things have kind of changed here with these shows um, AltaCast used to be Latoya the Sheriff and Truth and I in the studio but um, she's on lockdown but at the same time we've been doing Choose Poetry Choose Life with Aaron Gannon and Talbot from Glasgow, Scotland, and that's been amazing. Every week, getting to read my poetry, my new poetic works. Good stuff. I'm 
I'm proud of my new stuff. I, I really enjoy writing, and I, I've forgotten how much I enjoy writing poems. It's good stuff. All right. We're waiting, we're waiting for the sheriff of truth to call. And um, up at the 3 o'clock hour, I don't know what's happening yet. I don't know if we're going to be doing a Zoom reading with Warhol Kaufman. Uh, he has, I guess, 11 new pages of his script that he's excited to hear. But I don't know if, I don't know what's happening with that, if we're doing that or not. And I... Maybe I'll get a phone call from someone else. Yes, he has Rachel here. Oh, so I thought Rachel was at work. She must have got home early. <laughs> I'm just like spilling everybody's, spilling everybody's juice everywhere. Uh, I'll set up a Zoom for three. Zoom for three P. All right then. That's good. That means I know what's happening in the second hour. Sorry, dead air. Dead air, dead air. Call me LaToya, LaToya, the sheriff of truth. She's gonna get into the booth. Oh, somebody left their thumb drive here. I'm just pulling back the veil. Hey, I'm sorry, everybody. I uh, up there. I see her online. I see her existing online. That means she's gonna call in in just a second. Oh. Yeah, I need her. I am I am slow today. My brain is just not firing on all cylinders. That must be what happens when I drink gin. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh. So I've been writing a lot of new jokes. I feel real good about that. My one-liner today was, uh, I've been wearing this mask for 141 days, and I haven't washed it yet. I'm worried I might make myself sick. <laughs> Thank God I have no sense of smell. Otherwise, I'd definitely be sick from my own mask get it it's a joke people have trouble deciphering with me what's what are jokes and what aren't I'm like can we assume that everything is a joke please <laughs> That's, I used to I'm a I'm a smoker I, I smoke all kinds of things and I used to worry about where I blew my smoke but now your kid is wearing a mask so <laughs> not freaked out anymore I realize that no one will give you shit for not wearing a mask if you're eating or smoking. So now I'm a bulimic chain smoker. I think that joke works better if I say smoking first. Yeah, no one will give you shit for not wearing a mask if you're smoking or eating. So now I'm a bulimic chain smoker. Yes, that's that's the juice right there, buddy. The other new ones are uh, my clit is so big I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring people enjoyed that one they thought that was very funny it's just a play it's a play on um my dick is so big except that clits are small anyways clits are tiny dicks everyone hashtag all sizes matter uh yeah new jokes uh other new jokes some people say i look like katherine keener if she had a serious problem with cocaine i'm kidding i don't look like katherine keener also, I don't do cocaine. I, I can't afford it. I'm not Katherine Keener. Uh, what? 
I know. All my new one-liners. They're good. I'm proud of them. Uh, what's another new one-liner? Bezos in Spanish means kisses. And uh, Jeff Bezos can kiss my ass. Those five ninety-nine a pound apricots. Whole fruit for the aristocracy foods. That's another new joke. I'm just going through my jokes as I'm waiting for the sheriff. Oh, this is an this is another new one. I'm still working it out, so apologies. I think Well, I'll let me lead into it since I have the time, whatever. <laughs> um I used to have a pretty serious problem with alcohol and I fell on my face. February 1st, I was drunk and I fell on my face. I cut my eye really badly and I had to get 15 stitches. And I'm a medical, so they gave me 15 stitches in my eye and at the same time, they kind of gave me a, a little brow lift. They gave me a little eye lift and they took out a wrinkle. I got a medical facelift. Only on one side though, so next time I get drunk, I need to fall on the other eye so I can even them out. Or I could fall on my chest, you know, and, and get a medical boob job. So I've been thinking about this boob jobs. I've seen, you know, and I think it maybe was more popular in the eighties and early nineties. Just huge, huge boobs, right? Saline water bags just strapped to their chests, and I feel like after the water wars of 2021, they're going to be some really confused archaeologists when they find all these bodies with these silicone water bags kind of attached to them, and they're going to say, what, what were they doing? Why were they putting water? They were storing water on their chests? What was going on in the year 2020? Confused archaeologists not knowing what's going on with those sacks of water. Okay, that one doesn't work as well, does it? <laughs> Come on, Latoya, call me. Call me, call me, call me. Come on, Latoya. Let me let me message her on the thing and say, Call me, Latoya. Call me. Call me. <laughs> there we go. I told I yelled at her to call me. So big shout out to my buddy Rachel Pinson. We had a really good time last night on Always Free. Always Free, whatever, however you pronounce it. It's there's an S or there's not a there's not an S. I don't know what's going on, but Always Free Radio every Tuesday from four to six, and a bunch of the Rainbow family came through, played music. It was a great show. Check it out, please, um, in the archives, and um, and then we went over to Rachel's house and had a really amazing dinner together and um, it was really fun. So she is a queen and um, we had a really good time. It was really fun. Those rainbow people are, are kicking the pants. All right, it's Latoya. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There she is. Hey, Latoya, hey, Sheriff of Truth. Um, oh, are you living your life? No way. <laughs> Welcome. How how are things going? Everything good? You you're alive still. Woohoo! Well, it's been a, a crazy kind of week. Oh. Like my father's in the hospital right now. No. 
it's not that's the... what I've been doing with. He's doing he's doing much better. That's what I was kind of doing. Uh, and uh, and then also too right now Marcus is on a, a forum. Oh. Marcus is my boyfriend, everyone. Yeah. Um, about how to be an ally uh, for black people during a time like this. Yeah. So. Cool. That's um, what was going on. Well, I'm sorry, your dad. That's great. Does he have the Rona? Is he okay? Is it? Oh, some, that? Does he have the Rona? Does he have he, the um, the vid? No, no, it's not Corona. Um, he has cancer. Oh my God. And so, yeah, and he had a blood clot, so <gasps> he's breathing better. <sighs> doing a little bit, you know. He seems like he's uh, mobilized a little bit, so which is positive. That's intense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I'm sorry to hear that. That's no. um, it's so funny because right now everyone's like, "Oh, is it Corona? Is it Corona?" It's like, uh, people still get sick with other things. Like, yeah, there's still like illness that no. exists in the world that isn't Corona related. So, the, crazy stuff. The most stuff. dangerous part is, you know, so with the hospital because he's in Kansas City right now, nothing here. Yeah. And. You have to be careful. Here's a warning to those who have any relatives who are sick in the hospital um, who possibly don't have the virus. Be cautious and always be have someone at the hospital because what they're trying to do, like, for example, the doctors and nurses came to my dad's room while he was under the influence of, uh, was it, Daya... What's the opioid for pain? Fentanyl? Uh, what was that? Fentanyl? Not fentanyl. <laughs> it's another opioid. Well, the point is, they're asking him these life or death questions, these uh, important things, like, you know, do, do you want to go into hospice uh, or get treatment? Why he's under the influence. Wow. Now, by That's law, unconscionable. You are not... Yep. You are not supposed to ask a patient who is under any kind of influence of any kind of narcotic these important questions, nor are you, are you supposed to have them sign anything. So that is a strike that certain doctors are doing right now, and nurses, because he does, he does, he only has Medicare. He does not have full-on health insurance. He is a black man, so we talked about the racial disparities in the medical industry. And plus, with the shortage of beds in different parts, <gasps> uh, or in different hospitals, people are trying to turn beds. Wow, that I can't. They ask him questions when he's under the influence. Yeah, you need to have a lucid person with you if you're in the. That's yes. that's insane. Because what are you gonna say? Like, I, I, if I'm under the influence and I'm like, yeah, hospice sounds great. Like, uh, or you know, like. And you can manipulate people. You can manipulate people when they're under the influence. Exactly. 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 That's terrible news. Uh, so yeah. how can so, uh, how can uh, people uh, identify? Or um, you were talking about Marcus on the call. How, how can what did, what do we learn anything from that? Oh, you just disappeared. She disappeared. She'll call back. I want to learn how we can become allies. Um, 
during these crazy corona times to African-American people. There she is. She's back. Sweet. So uh, how can we be allies during this time? What have you learned from the call? Um, it is from a corporate point of view. Oh. I am. I'm glad from it's still going on. Yeah. So I am glad to see that, you know, the person that is talking is a Afro Latina woman, a, a, a black Latina woman. Yeah. So she's like giving great pointers or what have you. I, <laughs> Marcus is like asking me, what should I say? I'm like, no, this is your job, white man. <laughs> this is your. <laughs> don't know. Uh, don't ask me what should I say. That is. Mm -mm. I just uh Wait I one second. I met I met two uh black ladies last night and really great ladies and they they have a podcast and I said, "Oh, where did you just come from or what was your podcast?" And they said, "Oh, it's all about reparations." And I was like, "Yes! Uh yes! <laughs> That's so cool." And so they do I was like, "What's your podcast? Send it to me. I want to I want to hear, you know, your cuz I know that we have our own opinions on reparations and, and why they should happen and when they should happen, which was years and years and years in the past. Um, and it seems like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to, I don't know why everything's, right now we're getting almost confused with the corona issue that's happening and with the Black Lives Matter movement. Like they're becoming somehow entangled and they are. They are. Absolutely. And I don't think it should be that way. <laughs> I, 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 I think it should. You know why? Because, you know, seeing as the how the virus started, it started to affect uh, low-income communities, which predominantly um, are black and brown communities. Right. There is a story that was on, for those, uh, Channel 7 is the Bay Area News here in San Francisco. Uh, they just did a expose about what's going on in Marin, and Marin has a lot of uh, uh, la uh, a large Latino population, who where a lot of families do live in like apartments, and some families have up to nine people in those two bedroom apartments. Wow. And you know, people working for a lot of other people, and like you know, because Marin is a wealthy. There's a wealthy part of Marin where people, you know, they work for a lot of the wealthy folks. Right, right. And so every day there seems to be an issue with testing because they can't get enough tests out to uh, to a lot of those people. And if it's free testing. Um, and so now there is a spike because these are low-income people <sighs> and they're not giving the necessities. Like, they're being told okay, so you have to quarantine for 14 days. But they have no place to quarantine because they live with their family. Right. And who has money to pay for a motel, hotel? Right. Or where are they supposed to go to quarantine? They're leaving, they're not leaving people with any options. Right, yeah. And what these, you... you know, and so that, that with the virus is tied into what is going on with a lot of people, I don't like, I try not to say people of color, right. but the majority of like black and brown people yeah. and then you know it's also opening my eyes to a lot of the discrepancy of what's going on in the medical field yeah i did not realize and that's my own ignorance of how there is a big 
race issue in the medical community of how they treat uh, uh, black people in the medical field. Yeah. We already know about uh, black women and, you know, the um, with their pregnancies and what have you. Um, Oh, Just, they don't have access. Right we yeah Mortal- we don't the mortality right mortality. infant mortality infant rates. mortality yeah yeah so on top of that and then now we have this virus now that is spreading and oh it's yeah now I mean it's yeah there I were mean, like fifteen hundred new cases fifteen hundred new cases in. Uh, like Oakland or something just the other day and they're 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 linking it back they're trying to link it to protests and that's that's where i have a problem with it is that i mean i almost feel like they're using covid to try to make people not protest yes and to yeah that's another factor to not express you themselves know, and their displeasure with what's going on and uh absolutely but i mean and with all the numbers maybe the protests are i mean wear a mask we've have you seen the the um the picture yet the people have been sending around um it's not a meme but it's just a picture and it's it's that if neither of you are wearing masks you it's like a 90 percent chance of catching it and if one of you's wearing a mask like it shows the numbers of how how it works <laughs> when you're wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask. And you, I mean, if you're in, if you do choose to, to exercise your rights and, and protest what's happening, which is, you know, the, the, the terrible disparities that are, that are happening in our, in our world right now, you have to wear a mask. It don't, well, I mean, it's not even just that you have to, you're supposed to be six feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a social distance distancing so as i mean i've protested and i've protested a couple of times so far and had a mask and and try to do six feet yeah you know because yes i know what i'm doing by going out here and i could get infected but also I, this is also civil rights. I should yeah. not have, we have two viruses that we're fighting. <laughs> you know, the one, the one virus we can try to eradicate and get rid of if we practice what we're supposed to be practicing. Right. But then there's this one virus that's been plaguing, especially this country, for over 500 plus years. Because I'm not even just talking about 1619 with us you know, with um, us coming in, the, the first Africans, I'm talking about the indigenous as well and Christopher Columbus. Yeah. You know, that is, that's white supremacy coming onto the shores of the First Nations people as well as the indigenous um, in the islands as well. So we're talking about some a plague that has been around for 500 years that for some reason in this country and all over the world, we can't shake because it is killing us. Yeah. But, it, you know, the thing is, it's killing more white people because for those who have such hate and detriment in their heart, that just creates stress. Yeah. That creates aging. All that hate and negativity is not healthy. If you notice, most white supremacists, they don't look the healthiest. 
Right, right. <laughs> well, they don't look happy. You don't see them smile. A lot of them look very overweight. Yeah. They look haggard and tired. They just look like, geez, this hate has just been wearing me down. And it's it's from generations somewhat. Yeah. Because their grandpappy felt that way. So it's just like, wow, you know, we're actually trying to save y'all from this virus, too. Right. But you can only save yourself from this virus called racism. Excuse me, white supremacy. Yeah, we have to so. save ourselves from that. Well, you know, there, you were talking about a virus uh, that also exists. I think that uh, Trump is a virus right now. He's his own virus. Oh. And, um, and I, when is he going to get it? Well, I know, right? And when, I, I mean, I haven't seen anything about him in the news. I haven't seen Melania say anything. I haven't seen either of them wearing masks or giving any like if if obama like oh god remember obama if this was happening under his uh stewardship he would he be been impeached. well he yeah <laughs> he if it was happening though he would at least be giving messages of hope or of encouragement <laughs> or of like any any message to let people know some kind of I mean, well, tell us it's going to be okay, or say something. Well, Where's the inspirational yeah. speech? Well, the thing is, you know, as much as I disagree with a lot of the things that Obama did in his administration, one thing's for sure is he is a politician, and politicians want to make money. He, he's smarter. He wouldn't have let this happen as long as it has had. That's the thing. He would have this in the bud because you know what comes with the virus, Things shut down. They, when things shut down, businesses you can't turn a profit. You don't make you don't make money with sick people. No. I mean that's the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. I mean I I don't know who I don't these Republicans. I don't as much as they love money. You could none of them seem to take an economics class. Right. You know they're trying to they're trying to cut uh, unemployment. From six hundred to two hundred. Right. Now I haven't gotten any of it yet. The, you you'll eventually you will. You'll get the back pay of it. Oh, I I'm um, I'm sitting I'm sitting down with a woman tonight and she's gonna help me and walk me through the process of being a small business owner and getting help because I didn't even that's the thing I'm mad about with our government and what's happening with the unemployment is nobody's there to help. They're impossible, you can't get them on the phone, they're it's it's insane. They don't want us to get help. I'm I'm wondering you know, what their big goals are. <laughs> It's that, but it's also two decades of defunding the unemployment department. Oh, yeah. The department of, I mean, because this isn't just under Trump. It's not just under Obama. It's not just under Bush. This is decades of defunding that department. Uh, And, you know, just like the same thing with the IRS department, defunding that. So that way we have to lean on paying like H&R Block and uh, TurboTax, you know, for them to do our taxes rather than the IRS, which you can get for free. Um, but 
it's the defunding of these departments. That's why you can't reach anyone. That's why you don't get as much information out there about small business loans or, or not small business loans, excuse me, uh, uh, the, PP, uh, the PPP, right. PPE, excuse me, yeah. uh, loans and what have you. The defunding of these departments, everything that has happened within the past 50 years, and I'm just going to start with the Nixon administration because that's the modernized Republican Party. That is, it's every everything we're reaping what we sold from the creation of that. Just take care of me and no one else. Ideology of the Republican Party. Yeah. So. Well, fifty percent of our people right now are unemployed, and yes. we're giving yes. everyone money. Where's that money coming from? My big worry right now is that the dollar loses so much value because it's not there is no gold standard it's not backed by anything and um there's rumors circulating from wall street all the way trickling down i mean somehow it got to me so you know there's a trickle down on that information but that the dollar might go down to like 30 cents on the dollar like 30 cents of what it is now like have a 70 percent drop which would be insane because you know a pound of apricots at whole foods is 5.99 right now so on, I guess only rich people get to eat fruit now. I don't know how that works. Um, oh well, yeah. But if already, if already prices, and especially with Amazon, because it's what happens if what this is my here's my dystopian futurescape. Everyone's been out. They've been kind of like because because we're not getting a hard line on like this is still dangerous. This is still real. This is happening. People are kind of willy-nilly being stupid, and there have been a lot more infectious cases in cases of infection, and there's going to be a huge second wave of this virus. It's going to take out more people, and if we already, if our if our money is already devalued, and all we can have is Amazon deliver to us, that means we have to pay whole food prices, whole paycheck, and. Jeff Bezos is going to continue making lots and lots of money. And who's going to starve? Can can we even can I even use my food stamps on Amazon deliveries? I don't think so. And, but then how do I feed myself if if we're dealing with those exorbitant prices like you know pizzas at like an Amy's pizza, right? At Whole Foods is like 10.99 for one pizza for yourself. It's like, am I going to be able to afford thing, to eat? My thing is this. Don't go to Whole <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But but what I'm saying is that if things continue, if, if we have a huge second wave and everything gets shut down again, which it probably will, Safeway. that's the only way. I guess there's other online shopping things. No, no, no. There's, honey, there's so many different ways to, like, online shop. You don't have to just okay. go on Amazon. I know. I don't want to give that motherfucker any money. Do. What about people that live in communities that don't get those deliveries? Right. You know, you know, that, you know, there are places in rural, or people who don't have the internet. Right. There is still thousands of people, probably millions of people in this country who still don't have the internet, you know? Right. Or, so, I mean, that's an, that's an issue that they're having right now with, like, the schools. Yeah. On top of trying to force kids into schools in harm's way. 
Well, there, um, yeah, they're zooming. But, what about the kids who don't have a computer at home? How do they, with reliable internet access, how do exactly. they go to school? So now are we yep. just gonna? Now we're just gonna completely divide the haves and the have-nots. You know, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, oh, there's money and no money, blah blah blah. I'm seeing people driving around San Francisco in Teslas and Porsches and all these like there's really sweet cars and everything. And I'm like, there are rich people here. Are those rich um, people getting yeah. unemployment too? Well, and the government gave yeah. billions of dollars to billionaires. They bailed them out for some reason. I'm like, where is the money did coming for, from? Look where it's going. San Francisco is the most expensive and wealthiest city next to Hong Kong. Oh, which is also falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of wealth here. We're in Silicon Valley. Did you forget? Yeah, There's right. nothing but yeah. that. Yeah. There's nothing but that. It's just the whole, you know, they might have a house here in the city and a big mansion out like in Half Moon Bay or Marin. Right. You know? Yeah. We're surrounded all around by wealth. You know that. I know that. Well, that's the, the thing is uh, when the Republicans are talking about us uh, me, well, I'm just going to speak for myself, me being parasitic with my food stamps and my government programs. You know, a, a parasite, a successful parasite lives on a host and the host doesn't even know, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah. call me a parasite, bro. Like, I'm totally a parasite. You don't even know. You don't even know <laughs> I'm here. I'm living off I'm living off the fat you're throwing away. Like, just, I would, I mean, dumpster diving Benjamin over here. I'm like, rich people, what you eating for dinner? No, I, I'm not dumpster diving oh, yet. But I, I, I totally, I'm all for dumpster diving. Not right now, of course, but I'm never too ashamed to go into someone's, well, it depends what dumpster and what neighborhood, too. Yeah. You know, because I'm not just going in any old willy-nilly dumpster. But, yeah, I... Right. I mean, the thing is, you know, with the unemployment, we that extra $600 is what's keeping the economy afloat. Right. And without that 600 extra $600, because the Republicans are trying to say that, that most, you know, that's too much money and people are staying at home on purpose because they're making more money sitting at home rather than being out there working. Um, there's no jobs. There's 8 million jobs right now out of 45 million people out of work. That leaves three. That leaves 35 million people without jobs. Whoa. I mean, and that's with taking the 8 million. Like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that extra bonus when you take that away and deduct it to $200 on top of your regular uh, unemployment, that it depends what state you're in, too. Yeah, right. Some people get unemployment $200 a week, so they're just going to get a total of $400, which ain't shit no matter what state you're in, in in the United States. You know, taking that money away is going to make things financially worse. Well, it's going to be, when, we're going to riot. I mean, when you take, yeah. so I can, no I haven't had any money. I haven't, yeah, right. I haven't had any money um, and I'm okay right now. I'm going to get some hopefully um, from the government soon. But if you 
take away the money from people, it's going to be, it's, we're going to, they're going to riot. That's the first, it's, that's it. There's going to be. I hope so. I'm going to be right with That's gone. (laughs) I mean, I, I'm having, I've been having crazy dreams about like this dystopian futurescape and what it's going to look like. And, um. And I don't know. That's the thing, too, Your is that... Your subconscious is trying to tell you something. Right, but <laughs> I just want some reassuring words from someone. Anyone. In charge. With some some form of leadership. At all. Like, Pam, tell me it's going to be okay. Right. You, uh, thank you. There, perfect. That's what I needed to hear. Everything's going to be okay. Because I'm like... I mean, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel, well, we're going to figure out tonight. I've, I've got all these papers to fill out. Finally, that's the thing is that it's the community that helps one another. You know, I've been really concerned about trying to get this, this, um, the money from the, I, first I didn't know. For months, I didn't know that having your own small business, you could apply for unemployment. I thought that I was SOL because I just thought I was. But now you, you I've been. You assumed and you didn't do your research. You well, I tried. So once I found out that I could, I tried to contact EDD, but then there's this PIN number from years ago, and they said they'd email me, but then they never emailed me. And I guess the only way to find out the stuff was to do it through the mail, which I just didn't get that far. So I was like, uh, you know, because when you're trying to keep your business afloat and you're working at it, but not getting paid, but you've got to try to find money on the side, and that takes all day, except that you're trying to, you know, run a business, it gets like, I don't know, it's just, it's been really hard, but finally, somebody's helping me, this woman I met, um, she said, hey, I have my own business, she's a massage therapist, and she's like, if I didn't have this money, I don't know what I'd do, because she has to keep up the rent on her studio space that she can't use, because she can't rub anybody, because she's not allowed to, because you can't, it's COVID, so, she was like, let me walk you through it. So she's literally going to sit down with me tonight and walk me through the process. And that's what I needed. I even went to this, there's a, a society for small business, women, women-owned small businesses in San Francisco. I contacted them and they said, oh, they, I was like, I need someone to help me. And they wouldn't help me. They, and then they gave me, they just gave me some websites or something. And I was like, I'm not, I need, I I need someone to help me, like literally, like walk me through did this. Did you go through those? Did you go through the website? I tried, and they were. I mean, it didn't. Everything was not self-explanatory. Um, and I'm a relatively smart person, but I just had. I've just been having a nightmare. So, someone who's already been yeah. through the process, who's helped someone else through the process, is now going to help me through the process. So, that's amazing. You. The thing is, like we said last week, there is. A, free money out there it's just the way of knowing and the knowledge of getting it and also too like what pam is going through is the language and it's very complicated you know and you know as like you know being a first time uh person on uh unemployment you know it took me months to get my stuff i thought i did something wrong i mean i didn't it was just the fact Oh shoot! A pandemic just hit in March, and everybody and their mom is on it. Right. You know, and I don't get mine until like late May, June. Right. Which I'm still getting some of the back pay. Wow. On that. 
I know, didn't know so. about this. I mean, that's the thing. It was almost like a secret. I didn't know about this $600 a week. $600 a week? That's more than I've ever made in my life. Well, not in my life. No, but on t- No, on top of the regular unemployment. So uh, unemployment here in the state of California this okay, see, this is sad because I've been so spoiled by getting that six hundred dollars. I'm like, how much is unemployment in California? Uh, I think it's about four hundred. Well, okay, so that actually makes me crazy because all of these people haven't been paying dues for Mutiny Radio because it's COVID, and I'm like, you're getting unemployment. The station's gonna fail. It's not now because this woman's gonna help me. But people, if people are getting six hundred a week, they can they can throw down to Mutiny Radio. Come on. So it's just trying to it's just what's important what's the most important of unimportant things and I'm like is my life important is my life's work important like does does it matter Uh, I think it matters so I hope that everything's going to be okay but when does when does comedy come um, back let's see so California so basically you know weekly I'm getting about 400 and something dollars so if they were to cut that I'm just going on average I'm probably getting more though, because I, you know, I made more than that. Um, but let's say four hundred and fifty dollars weekly on top of that six hundred dollars. That's like uh, fifteen hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But that's that's people's rent. Right. But I get paid by it's biweekly, so because I it's uh, unemployment's biweekly. Yeah. But I mean, so that I mean. But that extra six hundred dollars—that's almost a, a healthy living wage for some people in some some states as well. Right, it's going like, to be healthy for me if I get able, it. Jesus. Right, exactly. You know, you'll be able to—you won't be able to buy and go out, obviously, because of the virus. You know, not everything is open, but people are still turning the economy with their unemployment, right. even if it's at the grocery store right. or, you know, ordering things online. I need new shoes. Uh, my shoes have, my shoes have holes in them now. Like I've worn through my shoes, my two yeah, pairs of tennis shoes. shoes. I need, so. I need some new shoes. I have holes in like but, all of I my mean, shoes. But <laughs> like, so, yeah, like new shoes. People are, people are able to like, live just a little bit just a pinch but still have to worry because this is only temporary because unemployment's only for what six months a year is that what happens yeah yeah um and people want to go back to work people are still struggling with their unemployment i want to go back to work oh my god i want to go back to work so badly i i miss my job i miss I miss it I miss so much. Social. I miss being social. I miss my job being. I miss cooking for people. I just, I seriously, yeah, I miss, I miss so many things now, and it's, um, and my life hasn't even changed that much because I'm still at the station. But it, there's still huge components of, and I think I'm like, God, I really, really enjoyed my job, and. I don't know how many other people can say that, that they're like, yeah, right. there's a, a lot, lot of people, people that are like, answer. yeah, I wish they were all non-essential jobs, you know, because there's a yeah. lot of people that are still working really hard. I see all the, all the construction people are, nothing's changed for them. So they were wearing masks anyways, to begin with, I think <laughs> for like <laughs> safety and building and whatnot. But is it, I mean, yeah. I, what happens when the unemployment runs out? That's when everybody's going to riot. And it, the world's going to fall apart, maybe. Well, with the $600, because they said that, you know, they're trying to kill it by um, the 
31st. That's the deadline. Uh, uh, This Friday? I need to get on this. Well, I'm getting on it today, so. Um. Yeah, if you better get on it today. Yeah, it's today. I'm meeting. I'm meeting this. I'm meeting this wonderful woman at 7:15 tonight. Um. But so the Republicans, of course, are like, "That's too much money. We don't know anything about economics. So let's slash it to 200." And then the Democrats are like, "We'll probably, you know, they should keep it at 600. But you know, we'll probably do what you say because we have no balls." And, you know, it's better than nothing, right? No, fuck that. Fight for my $600. I don't care. That way we can keep getting the $600. Why are they fucking fighting? Well, but the thing about the $600 is if 50% of the country is getting, well, hopefully me too, um, is getting $600, that's what's, where's the money coming from? Where? Like, are we oh, just making it up? Well, but taxes. all it but all it means taxes. is that money was a construct to begin with that doesn't even matter. It's just zeros and ones floating through the world. So why do all these rich fucks have so many zeros and ones? And why do they deserve so many zeros and ones? If we're just making up the concept of money, why do some people have so much of it and some of us don't? Are they better than us? Um, no, it, it, it's called generational wealth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's generational wealth. They're not worried about unemployment, and I'm not worried about them. So cough on them. Well, <laughs> I need. You know, this is. You know what's going to happen is I I do see the fact with their possibly. I'm not going to say civil war because that gives like white supremacists a hard on because they've been wanting a civil war. But it's it's about class as well in the have and the have not. Yeah. You know, it's you just have to throw thirty percent of the country away and not pay those people any mind because they're gone. They're cult 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 followers anyway. You know, unfortunately, some of them are poor as shit and they don't realize they're being played. And we've been trying to tell you them, but whatever they don't listen. So, you know, I do feel that you know, you know. With what the with the fact that you know you have people unemployed, you have the fact that people want to take your unemployment, and then y- you have no jobs, and then you have the essential workers who are not being paid enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are certain certain essential workers are starting to strike already. You know, I want this shit to blow up. It's time. I guess so. It's time. No great <sighs> revolution started peacefully. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. That's like true, no too. Like, no one said, hey, we're going to draw this line here, and if you step over it, we're going to slap you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. I'm not. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to have faith in your faith and yeah. uh and i think i i am seeing a more dark twisted side of myself where it's just like if they want to kill themselves fuck them yeah rather than like be the voice of reason and like you know don't do this like for for example um trump and his cronies have been trying to get that hydrodroxyquine thing that whole propaganda back out and uh, Don 
Jr., his retarded son, uh, was posting uh, these uh, propaganda videos of this doctor out of Houston who's a quack. Her name is Sheila Emanuel. She's from Nigeria. Um, and uh, basically, she's saying that the hydroxyquin uh, will help with the virus. She mentions not wearing a mask. She's, you know, the leftist, blah, blah, blah. Twitter, and for the first time ever, Facebook, they took those videos down. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah. Facebook is full of shit, and it is the worst. And they are taking everything. They are listening and watching. I, I, I mean, this is here's here's an insane thing, and I have no idea how they did it. But um, so my nickname. Uh, I'm not. I've never even been to a rainbow gathering, but I have rainbow friends, and they all have silly names for when they're. It's kind of like Burning Man, right? So I came up with my rainbow name, and it's Toll House, okay? Because I like cookies or whatever. I make cookies. And Rachel, we haven't even, I haven't even put it on my Facebook or anything, but we've just been kind of saying it. And her phone gave her, and on the side of her Facebook, gave her ads for Toll House, for Toll House products. And it's like, how the fuck did that happen? It's listening. They're listening to us. They're literally listening. There is no other reason to give her ads for Toll House except that we've been calling me Toll House and not even on the radio, like just sort of happenstantially around. So all of our devices are listening. Well, yeah, that's true, but this is different. This is the fact that uh, these people posted it and Facebook uh, finally took it down because it was hardcore propaganda now you know twitter they now been like no we're taking any propaganda videos down and the white wingers are pretty pissed off about that but facebook even said like after i think 18 million people saw it because it was saying that this drug that is has no way of healing uh curing covid the only reason why the administration's mentioning hydroquatsuquin that one shit. <laughs> uh, the only reason why they're mentioning it because they want to profit off this drug. Yeah. So it's all about making wow. money. And so, wow, it's just profit. You know, Facebook like, took the video down, and that was the first time that Facebook ever had the cojones to take down one of the pro- his propaganda videos because he's just been letting Facebook, Mark Robert, uh, uh, Robert, uh, Zuckerfuck, uh, he basically is letting Facebook be like the Wild Wild West and letting just any willy-nilly thing go. But if it has anything to do with civil rights, for some reason in the algorithm, it gets lost way, way deep in, our, in the algorithm. Yeah. I'm just saying. But, um, you know, I've been arguing with people on this lady's website who is the doctor that came out and, uh, said that hydrogen that one shit um, she basically is a, a, a minister too so oh. she's a pediatrician pediatrician and a minister and so basically she says that you know if she, she says if you've been dreaming dirty dreams you know it's demon sex and oh. uh, there's a you know weird crazy stuff so 
And this hasn't been taken down as propaganda. One of my buddies, he um, he's he lives in Portland, and he's been filming uh, riots and things that have been happening up there and police brutality that's uh, rampant right now. Um, and they took down all his videos, too. And so he started posting oh, yeah, them. Right. He started posting them by saying, download it now and share it quickly because they're going to take it down. Because they keep doing that. And I don't understand why. That's news. That's actually what's happening. So the real people on the street with the actual things that are happening, it's not even propaganda. It's real. Those things are getting taken down sort of as propaganda, which is a bummer. Which is a bummer. Pretty funny, right? Yeah. Weird. Crazy. Well, Latoya, this has been amazing as always. You're incredible. Indeed. And There's always something new that every week. Every week, more and more scary stuff. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You, God. Dear. Well, wish me luck for tonight. I'm gonna jump through all of these hoops and get it done. Get that and shit done. Well, because I can save the station. That's the thing. Is it? I've been keeping the station alive, and I've been keeping myself alive with no money. So imagine if I'm getting, if I get back pay for 600 bucks a week. I can save the fucking station. I'm putting it all into Mutiny Radio, 100%. Like, I'm not even going to buy anything cool for the government. I'm going to try to keep free speech alive. I'm not going to let them squash it. And one, right. of my, one of my buddies was like, don't cash out your 401k because you might live to your, to your 65. And then what? I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, don't cash it out. Don't cash it out. I won't cash it out. save that money. You might want to move out of this country if, they, if they'll have us. <laughs> right? Will Mexico have me? Dear Lord, I want to go to San Jose del Cabo. I want to move there no. so quickly. I, or Amsterdam. No. Please, Netherlands, we let me in. We Canada. We can't go anywhere. No one wants us. No one wants We're us. We're not allowed to go to Europe. Mexico doesn't want us. Canada doesn't want us. I know. Where do I go? We, we made it. We made America great. Ow! Yeah, we made... Didn't note. we do it? We did it. All right. You're the best. Have a beautiful day, and I will talk to you soon. All right, folks. Uh, Hey, I'm going to take a little break and get this Zoom thing together. We're going to do a reading with Warhol Kaufman. He has episode 11 on his script, so that is exciting. And... We'll be right back. I'm going to have you guys listen to the poetry reading from last week a little bit. In the interim, we'll see what's going on. You got to go? Okay, I'm good to go. That's right. Check. Good to go. I guess start off with... um, with one I just wrote last week. This one should be going into uh, an anthology thing that someone's putting out sometime after August, and it's about poems that you read for first time on a Zoom link like this. And uh, the poem will go in, and uh, this event will go in as well. So it goes in like this. And this one's called Life After Zoom. Here is where we are now contemplating bars and food, thinking if we really should venture out to indoor spaces. 
fights in classes, burgers and plates, keeping away has been the norm. Does this take calm before the storm? Masks are worn by one and all, up here anyway. You can still smile, I can see it in your eyes. It's been so long, and it's not gone yet. But art is gone, and some new friends made. The silence of Zoom in between voices, the hushed hand claps, the distractions of the real. Another week, another day, another poem finds its way into the world. Our lives shouldn't go back to what they were, what it was, ever. But in time, they will. Still, we can hope, we can cling on to the now, somehow, for new friends' sake. Who we are, what we are, where we are, we are all here. And here is where we'll stay, and stay is what we do, and who we do it with is entirely up to you, and who. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't, some of you obviously saw, because uh, you keep getting clicks on Facebook, that I got another bit of great publicity yeah, for yeah, my yeah. Uh, yeah. lockdown thing, and I've got a couple of, uh, hopefully I'll get it published sometime this year which is really great. Um, and as you know, my 12-year-old, uh, I call her my trans child because like he's a she's a day. Uh, Adrian is her name. And she wrote the last verse. And she actually doesn't mind if I go he, she. She kind of enthralls in that and confusing people. And she's 12-year-old. And I love a 12-year-old. It doesn't look any sense out to confuse people. Uh, I'm just going to read you her last verse before I read you that the other way to do. This is the last verse, verse 100, and the link word she chose was love. Love. Love is a chemical reaction that compels animals to breathe. It hits hard, but then it slowly fades. Which I think is quite deep for a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, this... this Next one, last one I'm going to do for the moment is one that, this has been a good lockdown for me, actually, you know, so I've got two poems published uh, in a Leopard Arts uh, online magazine yesterday. Uh, they called me a veteran poet, it means, you know, I'm the old bugger in the crew there, so. This one's called Toxic Toxicity. I think, I maybe read it here before, I don't know. Toxicity. Darkness descends, the streets are foreboding, hooded gangs prowl, dim light shines shapes in the shadows, the toxic city waits. Masks abound, around close shops and stores, few cars emit polluting gases, and strangers eye down, pass each other. Winter draws near, the fear still lingers. The year has been like no other, the bodies piled up, and loneliness has eased, but memories... Ah, memories. Remembering when things were fine, when we all lived together, trusting, rightly or wrongly, not now. It's changed. The world is strange. The future remains bleak as we seek answers. Answers which aren't there. Because leaders didn't care. Egos got in the way. Sanity. And many suffered. The toxic city prepares for a long, dark. Thank you. Thank you, Finn.
No sweat. Cheers. That was awesome. Okay, so. Uh, uh, so, next up, I need to do something first. Stilly, are you good to go? Yes, yes, I'm here. Uh, right, okay, so uh, last week I did a really risque poem which had lots of vulgarity uh, <laughs> in it. And uh, I, I said that I didn't do much children's stuff, but I did do a few children's stuff. And I looked through a lot of my stuff, and I do do quite a bit of children's stuff. But this is the one that um, children seem to enjoy if ever I inflict it on them. I always say um, this is a tale of endurance, not only for the characters, but for you. Parsimonious Lighthouse. There once stood in the cold North Sea a lighthouse tall and straight, which was manned by two brave souls, the keeper and his mate. The keeper's name was Pegleg Pete, a prudent, careful sort, who knew the way to keep his job was keep the spend to naught. He feared that lighthouse keepers could be swapped for new devices, which did the work of several men at fractions of the prices. And so to make sure both ends met, Pegleg peg peg kept scrutiny on all the outgoing costs whilst Frank looked out to sea. Frank was the lighthouse keeper's mate and it was his plight to follow all his boss's plans which kept the ledgers right. When the tide was out and calm, Frank would search the rocks for barnacles and seaweed strips and dinner he'd concoct. When the fire was burning low, Frank was sent afloat to find loose bits of driftwood or pick scraps off the boat. He'd wash their clothes in sea salt foam and paint the walls with kelp. For breakfast they had seagulls eggs found without Pegleg's help. Then one, first, then one day this tiny team had its first argument about how to cope frugally when the lighthouse light bulb went. I'm not running round with the torch all night, said Frank, his voice getting higher. And we've burnt everything that's worth burning, so we can't make much of a fire. Calm down, calm down, said Pegleg Pete. Of that I'm quite aware. Go up and fetch the cellar key. I'm sure we have a spare. So up and round and 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 up and round, 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 Frank went to get the key. Up and round, up and round, and 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 up and round, he got there finally. Down and round and 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 down and round with the key held tight. 
down and round and 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 down and round with all his might. The storeroom shelf was full of bulbs, each different, every one. So Frank was sent to fetch the bulb which recently had gone. Up and round and 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 up and round. Frank went to get the dud. Up and round and 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 up and round as fast as as he could. Down and round and 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 down and round with the bulb held tight. Down and round and 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 down and round. He ran down every flight. As quick as that, they found a spare, a 20,000 watt. And so Frank gathered up his strength to run back to the top. Up and round and 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 up and round. Frank ran upstairs, although up and round and 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 up and round. He left the bulb below. Down and round and 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 down and round cursing as he climbed. Down and round and 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 down and round. Frank got the ball this time. Up and round and 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 up and round. And up and round and up and round and up and round. Frank ran with all his might. Up and round and 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 up and round. He went to change the light. Down and round and 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 down and round. Frank tripped on the top stair. Down and round and 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 down and round, still holding the spare. Poor Frank had broken every bone. He looked an awful sight. And what was worse, they both observed it was not long till night. Twas then the lighthouse keeper sighed, This is no time for thrift. Just for once, forget the stairs. Why don't we use the lift? Considerable waste of your time. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, you must be knackered now. <laughs> Uh, I think we all need a break, like. On people's <laughs> encouragement last week, I've um, started my own website. So I'm going to yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to put Brilliant. the details in the, the box below. So you can all click on it and see. Great, great thing. <laughs> That's fantastic. That was hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, could, I could hear everyone laughing. In the, that was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Holly's eyeshadow's running. 
Okay, so up next, we are going to go to Ken. Hello, Ken. Hello, folks. Hello. Hello, Ken. Yeah, that, well, follow that, right. Uh, first of all, get my enormous face off the screen so as not to frighten myself. Okay, um, this, uh, this first poem um, is about having reached a certain point in your life. And I'm not talking about midlife crisis. I'm talking about something a bit further on than that. Um, Listen right now, everybody, to episode 11, Trial in Murder Town, March 23rd, 2015. Mary Libby, Diner Daisy, and Fuckwad's attempted murder trial. Mid-City Hall of Justice and NBC Studios. Uh, Are you, are you God, uh, Warhol, or are you listening? What are you, what's going on? Uh, Yeah, I'll be, I'll be God. Okay. Are we all just going to do what we normally do and just jump in, or? I think so, because. It's just so many characters. It doesn't really make sense to go through all the effort of like. Good point. Casting. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um. Great. Yeah. We're... And I guess we'll just like remember who put like the first time you do the voice. Just maybe like remember if you did that voice next time. Word. So you just keep that character. You right. You right. Um. All right. Here we go. Motherfucking murder. Episode 11, Trial in Murder Town, March 23rd, 2015. Marie Libby, Diner Daisy, and Fuckwad's attempted murder trial. Mid-City Hall of Justice, NBC Studios. Exterior, Mid-City Hall of Justice Day. Prosecutor Garrison Downey walks up the courthouse stairs. Two security officers... Wave him past the metal detector. Damn it! Holy fucking shit, man! So go fuck some shit! 
Prosecutor Downey enters the courthouse. Interior, Judge's Chambers, 104, dead. Judge Noose pours a drink. You hear a knock on the chamber door. Harold? Interior, courtroom 104, dead. Garrison Downey enters the courtroom. Mr. Wallace, a large, dark-skinned man in an expensive pinstripe suit, sits alongside his defense lawyer. Downey greets the bailiff. Sorry, you must be new. I, I don't think we've met. Downey smiles. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Uh, I'm Steve. They, uh, they needed bodies. Downey chuckles. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're doing business with you, uh, Steve. Downey winks. Let's magic up some justice. I guess. Downey walks to the prosecutor's table, glancing toward the empty bench. Someone places a note in Downey's hand, quickly moving away up the aisle. Judge Noose enters. Someone calls. <coughs> Eloise, part-time stenographer, waves toward the bailiff. Steve? Steve fidgets. Judge Noose climbs onto the bench. Uh, all right. The door shuts heavily. Downey turns. Too late to see who handed over the note. Downey unfolds the note. Your daughter's illegible. Basement. Illegible. Downey stares open mouth at Defendant Wallace, who looks back coldly. Judge Noose surveys the room. Your Honor. The inhabitants of the courtroom shuffle to their feet. The, uh... Honorable... <coughs> Steve glances around himself. Judge Noose touches the chair. Judge Harold Alberta Noose. Judge Noose bangs the gavel. It's Bert. Noose gestures to a nameplate which reads Bert Noose. Downey sneezes. <laughs> Bless you. Downey mops his brow. Can we? Judge Noose bangs the gavel again. Be seated. Hello, Steve. People shuffle to their feet. To their seats. Is the prosecution ready? Judge Noose sits. A clerk hands over the thick sheaf of folders full of documents, statements, and evidentiary photographs. Downey <clears throat> clears his throat. Eloise <clears throat> types furiously. Noose flips through the sheaf of file folders. And the defense? Wallace's attorney stands. The defense has been prepared, Your Honor. Downey slaps a hand on the prosecutor's table. A moment, Your Honor. May I step out for... Downey glances around. Excuse me? A glass of water. Noose examines a document, holding it against an exhibit photograph. Five minutes. Noose bangs the gavel. Mr. Wallace smiles. Interior, courtroom 103, day. Fuck why? Enters the courtroom, led by a werewolf, the bailiff. The bailiff. The bailiff. Casual Mondays. Fuckwad stumbles. Bigger fish. Esquire enters, gesturing to the bailiff. Dull rise. Fuckwad flails. Where's my liar? Professor Gatwood enters. People stand. Your Honor. Your Honor. Gatwood takes the bench. The prosecution will... We'll approach the bench. Gatwood wraps the gavel. 
Be seated. Be seated, you. Esquire approaches the bench. Gatwood leans forward. Elizabeth. Gatwood sits, misjudging the chair and falling backwards off the bench. Ah! Jerry remembers gasp at Cincinnati and... President accounted for here. Gucci glasses glances around. Gatwood returns to the bench. I'm retired. Elizabeth. Since he sets a worn leather briefcase down on the defense. <sighs> Permission to approach the bench. Gatwood surveys the room. I'll deal with you later. Approach, I suppose. Jacob, close the proceedings. Werewolf the bailiff locks the courtroom doors. In case of emergency. Proceed through the judge's chamber. Session is closed. Gatwood, hangs the gavel. The state has waived your right to a trial by jury. Since he steps forward, the jury stirs, muttering to one another. Your Honor, prejudicial. This is highly unusual. Sidebar? Gatwood, hangs the gavel. Recess! Fuck one last. Yay. Yay! Interior courthouse 102. Courtroom 102. Day. Judge Wilcox sits at the bench. Be seated. Bruce bangs the gavel. Next digits on the table. Cecily Peabody rifles through an accordion file. Marley J. Sulk places a hand on Mick's shoulder. You're supposed to stand. Judge Wilcox, check some notes. Mr. Steele? Mick picks something off the bottom of his shoe. B-block, days and nightmares. You black nigga motherfucker. Judge Wilcox, bangs the gavel. The prosecution may... The prosecution may proceed. Oh, word from the governor. Shadow Council has arrived. Very well. The jury will be remanded as witnesses and held in sequester for a consultation with regard to sentencing if and only if... Interior interrogation room, dark. Two shadowy forms, chair and a table with a naked bulb glaring overhead and one-way mirror glass. Necessary. Grunts, thuds, groans, and curses. Assail the ear as a bloody promenade of cuffed prisoners. It wasn't me. Don't leave me in here. I know you're listening. Hey! Hello? That glass is so fucking creepy. Hey! He approaches the glass and tries to look through. Screw you, bastard. Becca. Becca, would you... Come here. Sit down. Please. I'm sorry. Let me call my parents. Can I just, I need to at least, I want to take a shower. I just need, I just really, I. Rebecca's voice breaks. Adam spits on the floor. Jesus. Can I, I need, someone please help me? Please help me. Someone please help, please. I'm so hungry. Exterior, NBC Studios, day. Delroy sits with a book on the curb. Across from City Hall. Rebecca, are you all right? 
They didn't touch it, did they? Kilroy burps, turning a page. <laughs> Skinny teen pulls a Granny Smith from some pocket, balances the apple on his book, skewering the fruit on his knife and taking a bite. Interior, halls of justice, day. Prosecutor Garrison Downey whispers into his cell phone. I don't care what you think. Honey, I'm sorry. Really trying to gank me night. Exterior, city hall day. Kilroy bites his Granny Smith apple, which is skewered onto a switchblade. Take three on interrogation room. Loose, not one of your Yes. Interior, courtroom, 103 day. Professor Gatwood confers with Elizabeth Esquire. Oh, Dolores is making food. Oh, shit. Cincy massages fuckwad's shoulders. Jake the Wolf, still in his werewolf costume, confers with the stenographer, an older woman whose titties bounce as she types. This bullshit Patsy trial. Another fucking afternoon in Murder Town. Mr. Stale, please quiet down. Interior, courtroom 102 day. Nick stands on the defense table. Marley J. Sulk gestures for the detective to step down from his perch. As Prosecutor Peabody throws her hands in the air, Judge Wilcox stands the gavel. Can't beat him on evidence. Nick slowly climbs down from the table. Why? Wilcox bangs his gavel repeatedly. You did it. We know you did it. They've got security camera footage. Nick sits down. Wilcox sets the gavel down. Oh. Okay. Although, those tapes are missing a few minutes of relevant content. A copy of the Mid-City Chronicle sits beneath Marley J. Salk's briefcase. The partially obscured headline reads, Will Clooney continue with the byline? Gwen Lee, staff associate, interior, NPR Studios, day. Hot sauce, scribbles a tag on the mixer and permanent marker. Sign reads, cigars, really, Toulouse? Still here, villain for Cincinnati. <laughs> Inheriting the damn wind over here. Interior, courtroom 102 day. A zombie stenographer types out the official notation. Peabody shakes her head from the prosecutor's table. Casual Monday. Our man Cincinnati playing the big leagues like that movie with Madonna. Not the sex one. Mick lights a cigarette. Oh, Lord Christ. Judge Wilcox clears his throat. <clears throat> Interior, courtroom 103 day. Since he whispers the fuckwad from the defense table. Counselor Stark, you will restrain your client, or I will call the bailiff back in. Where's the bailiff? Gatwood emerges from his chambers. The trial of Francis Wadlow versus the state of... Interior, courtroom 104 day. Downey addresses the bench. Your Honor. I would like to ask for continuance. Judge Noose looks up. On what grounds? Interior, halls of justice, day. Large, smiling Charlie and Preppy Two stand huddled beneath the staircase, listening to the ominous whisper of the shadow council. Uh, Majorum, I'm sorry, darling. What's your name? A brief recess while you run and find the bandit. Interior, courtroom 103, day. Since he stands addressing the court, holding a legal pad. Esquire files her nails as Gatwood balls up on a piece of paper, tossing it out of frame. Ladies and gentlemen, Your Honor, Madrum, always nice to return your acquaintance. We inhabitants 
of this long-suffering town. Well, it's been a hard year for many and a tragic week, to speak the least of it. Elizabeth Esquire sighs. Your Honor. Since he throws down the legal pad. Specious and inappropriate. May I continue my address? Gatwood spins in his chair. Since he gathers up the legal plaid, placing it on the defense table. Well, on the surface, if I may. 104, day. Judge New stares down at Prosecutor Downey. I will grant a brief, brief recess. Adjourn to return in... Interior, courtroom 102, day. Large Charlie enters, smiling. Preppy 2 stands in the hall, peering through and holding open the courtroom door. The shadow counselor emerges, barely visible from the threshold of the judge's chamber. Wilcox stands, imposing in his displeasure. I will not have a mockery made in, of, or about my courtroom. Now is that understood? Bailiff, I trust there will be no more interruptions. Preppy 2 releases the door, which closes, leaving him out in the hall. While the shadow counselor exits into the judge's chambers, Candace Jefferson enters the courtroom interior, courtroom 104. Day. Downey exits into the hall. We see Preppy 2 whispering to someone through the closing door. Wallace's attorney stands. Mr. Wallace? The man himself. Taking the mantle, donning the crown, wearing the robe. Steve whispers to Eloise, who laughs. <laughs> you are bad. Maybe tonight. Interior courtroom 103. Day. Fuckwad drools onto the defense table since he has worked himself up into full-on oratory. Everyone loved Officer Joe. We called him Sloppy Joe. Everyone loved his... <clears throat> well, the sandwiches are terrible. They're... They're terrible. They're bad sandwiches. I'm sorry, they were really awful. Werewolf murmurs to the older woman's stenographer. Possible motive. Exterior, mid-city halls of justice, day. Two security guards stand around. You Would you like, like a sando? That rock of bitch is fine. Interior, courtroom 102, day. Prosecutor Peabody addresses the court. Heavyset officer Quentin enters the courtroom. Peabody lifts her mug from a table. We live in a world of facts. The kids say facts don't care. Facts don't care about your feelings. Isn't that what the kids say? Facts, 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 facts don't care. Don't care about your feelings. Your feelings and facts not feelings. They don't care. Peabody takes a sip. Ah. About your feelings. Peabody touches the prosecutor's table. Feelings. Everybody sips from her mug. And the fact is, the facts. Everybody sips the mug down. As they stand, the defendant before this honorable court, a disgraced officer of the law, a reckless alcoholic, derelict in his duty, a history of violence. Big steel, assaulted, an upstanding citizen. A business owner of this fine town. 
stole his vehicle, this homeless, antisocial predator, <laughs> assaulted Mayor Grisham's... Everybody lift him up. Assaulted the mayor's body guard, who is still in the hospital now. There are conflicting reports. See what he says, come up down. And certain gaps in visual and visual evidence, technical evidence, technically. However, the mayor has been kidnapped, presumed dead, and this man is our missing piece. Either he is guilty or he's an accomplice. Mick Steele, you assaulted the mayor's bodyguard, disgraced the police force, and have waged a sociopathic trial of vigilance, destruction at people and <laughs> the people at Mid-City Hope. No. Peabody, let's come No. Up. Taking a sip. No. Pray. Never to witness again. We will show a consistent pattern of wanton and abuse, wayward, admirable behavior, capped with the serious acts of severe and brutal, yes, yes, brutal, vicious, truly vicious, violent. And that, ladies and gentlemen, everybody sets the mug down. We ask for the full penalty under law after a righteous and justifiable, no, necessary conviction. Facts, facts, facts. Thank you. Everybody addresses the bench. Your Honor, that is all. Exterior, City Hall, dead. City Hall. Still smoldering and semi-ruined and heavily patrolled by mid-city PD. Home bums mill around, going through the wreckage and garbage. E.B., you seen any? Uh, oh, you will D in. LSD, yay. I ain't X. P-U, any A-Z-T, you? T-H-C, B-B, I-O. To you. French toast topples over laughing. Stupid. Interior holds a justice day. The door closes heavily. Preppy 2 stands in front of the door with a menacing grimace. All of you idiots? Why? Interior. Courtroom 103. Day. Garrison Downey. Ducks into the courtroom. Looks up and backs out quickly. Chattering quietly on a cell phone. You think we can really get Cloney and Downey? Interior, holds of justice day. Downey backs out of courtroom 103, talking on his cell phone. Yeah, Ram, darn it. I'm not a pervert. I just need it. Speak to your daughter. No, that's not. I mean, it's. A law clerk taps Downey on the shoulder. Prosecutor Downey, sir. Downey spins. I'm headed to the... I need to use the John. Downey walks toward an exit sign, then turns. You see the law clerk staring after him. Downey sighs, hanging up the phone, and walking to the men's room. All right. Downey glances over his shoulder. The law clerk is still staring at him. Jeebus. Downey enters the men's room. 
Interior courthouse men's room day. Two boys stand in the doorway of a handicapped stall. Do it. It's my turn. <laughs> then do it then. <laughs> Down he clears his throat. Boys? Both kids run out of the men's room, leaving behind an assortment of firecrackers, smoke bombs, whoopee cushions, joy buzzers, stink bombs, and other pranking devices. If I ever catch you sullying the halls of justice again... Danny looks left and right, gathering a few items from the floor and tucking them away in his coat pocket. Interior. Courtroom 103, day. Since he wraps up his opening statement... A veteran, highly decorated, purple star, an honorable man who kept to himself until that unfortunate day terrorized our town, your town and mine, Francis Wadlow's town. Which, let's be honest, failed him. Left him homeless on the outskirts of town, arguably outside the boundaries of his own mind, with no recourse for shelter, unemployment, or, God forbid, mental health. Mary the baker from the jury booth stirs in hushed sympathy. The poor man! Interior, courtroom 104, dead. Downey enters the courtroom. It's morning, you know. You said afternoon. Doesn't even know what time it is. Ought to be contempt. <laughs> Eve stumbles and falls. Oh, 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 lordy. Oh, lordy. Interior, courtroom one or two day. Defense attorney Sulk stands to address the jury. Well, here we are again. Some of us, some of us. Interior, Halls of Justice, day. Smoke leaks through the door jam of courtroom 104. Oh, Heavenly Father, what is that wretched stench? The muffled end of a gavel of smoke fills the room. Your Honor, with respect. Adjourn! A brief... Shall we return in... Minutes, <laughs> bailiff? Please! <laughs> Minutes, bailiff, please. Interior, courtroom 102, day. Marley J. Sulk stalks the court, speaking quietly and only to the jury. But still audibly. You, and solely you, even his esteemed honor, sitting high upon the bench, even the judge himself, even the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, no one has the power to interdict on your ruling. Day, not Marley J. Sulk pauses to mop his brow with a handkerchief. Address, Your Honor. He puts the handkerchief down. Exterior, freeway overpass, L.A., 1980, Eden. Psy, Task Force 7. Oh, my God. They're shooting. Sets up their nefarious equipment as silhouettes elongate into the night. A brief recess. Interior, NBC Studios, dark. Actors, directors, and crew huddle over a digital display of the previous daily. In reset platforms, task, side task, course seven. Interior, halls of justice, afternoon. 
Smoke fills the hall as people fill the corridor. Sirens wail in the distance. Five minutes. What is that noxious aroma? Shannon, the mercenary in an ostentatious wig, hovers in shadow as a dense fog engulfs the frame. That's episode seven, take six. Shadows move through the fog. Okay, stupid, this way. Steve cries out in the darkness, ah! Not a kid. I never said, erg, the brother I never wanted. Hilbert cries out in the darkness and smoke, ah! Just help me find Marie. People mill about bumping into one another. Ah! Oh, Wolfie. Zom, 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 nom, 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 nom. Not right now. Smoke grows thicker and darker. Do you want to go see Electrical Bath Hazard on Saturday? Have we had the barbecue pork? I have two tickets. <clears throat> Bombs explode in the distance as sirens and lights wail and flash. He told me I was perfect. It was a terrible rejection. Buckwild howls in the distance. Charlie! We'll be right back. <coughs> Momentary. <coughs> Exterior. Mid-city courthouse day. Shannon climbs into an elegant sedan and pulls off around the corner. Where are we going? Camu, a handsome stranger, stands in the town square. Observing Mid-City Courthouse, MBC Studios, and the smoldering remains of City Hall. Shh! Hold on! There's someone in there! People pour out of the courthouse into the open air, some crossing onto the town square. Steve smokes, chatting with Eloise. God damn it! Where's the... I have to pee. Jeez, just go! Okay. Room 104. Who is that? The notes? Who? Rewear it, episode Sisyphean Task Force, take seven. Police cars patrol the area. Why am I in this snitch ass, not pig, swinehouse court hall? Court security officer two walks down the hall of justice main staircase. Get me a barbecue pork! When Libby surveys the scene from Mid City's Town Square, keeping notes and taking. Uh, Photographs. Libby dials her cell phone. Besides, has to be seven. Give me an espresso. I need stand-ins for Steinem, Karen, Akoy, and Chad on three. Interior, Mid-City, Chronicles, Editor's Desk, Day. Chronicles Editor holds the phone. Hold the phone! All right. All right. Are you sure? Gwen, this could be big news. <laughs> Interior, mid-city courthouse, security console, day. Downey stumbles out of the security console, stuffing a USB in his pocket as he moves through the smoky hallway. Who is she? Interior, halls of justice, day. Downey coughs. <laughs> as smoke slowly dissipates into the hallway. If they could be withholding evidence? Roy, come on. We gotta find something to save Mr. Mike. A thick cloud of smoke moves through the hallway. 
disappearing into the security console. Interior, LA safe house, night. Aoki, Steinem, Karen, and Chad hole up in their hideout. Aoki screams an automatic rifle. It's up! Karen touches up her makeup in a small mirror. Chinese. Fuck you, pizza! Chad reads the autobiography of Malcolm X, laughing. <laughs> this guy's brilliant. Steinem types on an old finger typewriter. How's the speech coming? Steinem tops typing. Thanks, guys. Yeah, is that it? Yay. That's all I have. Sweet. What happened? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? What is going on? That's the real question. There's three simultaneous chords. Yeah. Oh, no, I figured that out. But, yeah. I, but it's a fact. That's why we're in court to find out what happened. Sweet. Well, thank you, everybody. This has been super fun. Thanks for filling up the yeah, second half time, of... Guys. of uh, this of some call me Tim and uh, yay! All right, I'll see everybody Can soon. Can you send me that? Yes, I'm absolutely. Sure, sure, sure. Right, see you guys. Okay, bye everybody. All right, everybody. That has been another some call me Tim. Uh, exciting stuff here at Mutiny Radio, and pull that out so we don't hear any of the buzzing anymore. The buzzing makes me crazy, right? Uh, hey, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much to LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Thanks so much to Billy and Rachel and Warhol for reading scripts and being awesome. And yeah, good times. Thanks for joining us here on Mutiny Radio. I'll be back another day. <laughs> I'm going to try to... Get this unemployment, everybody. Get it done. Save Mutiny Radio. Uh, you can save Mutiny Radio, too, by donating to our GoFundMe. That is up right now. Go to GoFundMe and look up Mutiny Radio. Or, um, hey, just give us some money to our Venmo, at Mutiny Radio, all one word, lowercase. Appreciate you, and have a great day. Rustling across the bordering banks and through the shadowed darkness of the trees. Juxtaposed in other worlds, distinct from golden sunshine bright, filled with hidden secrets which my eyes cannot quite see. It told me from my shining path, footsteps treading across the grass, and pushing the bushy foliage aside, I dare to look through the branches. The hair on the top of my head lifting tree stories alert as my body senses danger beneath the shadows hidden amongst the trees the cold wind reaches for my face as if to suck me in my feet take over my brain and moving backwards return me to the path again thank you Christine. Thanks. Um, so up next we're going to go to Holly. Hi everybody. Um, let me just Hello. get back onto everyone because I have to tell them that's freaky. 
Um, so I have quite a few uh, new ones um, that I've written since the last time I was here, but they're all quite short, so we'll just see how far we get before I run out of time. Okay. Um, the first one that I'm going to read is called Where Your Ashes Lay. The first buds of your rose open today, and yellow petals peep through. Can you see through the eye of the bud, or its stigma? Is it a good view? Or from the silver crackle on its chain around my neck? Or drunk among the rose hips, tended by your son? Or do you move your consciousness between the places where your ashes lay? Silly lies, but they keep you alive for me. Thank you. Um, the second one I'm going to read is called The Moth. How did you come to be here, a fluttering intruder in my home, hypnotized by unnatural light? Beautiful but modest, you prefer the night, unlike your slutty sister, Butterfly. I watch you dip and twirl, yellow wings beat faster than I can conceive. A miracle of nature and evolution. The cat sits and watches you but doesn't move a muscle. Lazy bitch. You flutter around his head but he doesn't see. Oblivious to your presence and your beauty. Um, the next one I'm going to read, um, I'll explain slightly. Um, I'll also, it comes with not exactly a trigger warning, but an offence warning. If you are religious, specifically Christian, um, you're not going to like this one. And I apologise genuinely if you're offended, because I would never set out to offend anyone. Um, but, you know, free speech and stuff. Um, so a friend of mine on my Facebook posted a video this week. Um, what is the word that Christians use? Um, I can't remember the word, but telling everyone um, on her Facebook about, oh, witnessing, that's it, witnessing about a miracle that had happened to her the night before. Uh, she'd, apparently, one of her legs was a, a centimetre shorter than the other one, and <laughs> she'd met up with a pastor friend, and they'd prayed for her, and when she woke up in the morning, her leg was <laughs> magically the same, her legs were magically the same length, and she was genuinely, like, amazed by this amazing miracle and then um, rather than commenting on her video and you know being a bit rude i decided to write a poem about it because she's never going to read it anyway so so it's called jesus privilege how good god is i hear you cry an earnest twinkle in your eye a bona fide miracle you honestly see of your infirmity you are finally free praise the lord he's blessed and favored his white, wealthy child, Jesus saves her. How good to know God loves his kids, unless they're poor or brown, God forbid. While Africa loses her children to AIDS and millions in India are living enslaved. While cops murder black people for walking down the street and so many of your neighbors don't have enough to eat. Refugees flee war and famine, then from crowded boats are hurled and an incurable virus ravages the world. Illness, disease, persecution, suffering untold. Pollution and climate crisis slowly warm our globe. But you, oh privileged, blonde-haired child of God, don't have to beg. Praise Jesus, 
one centimetre longer and a miracle later, he's fixed your fucking leg. Finally <laughs> 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 on. Have we got time for another one? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Oh, dope. Um... Okay, uh, I have two to choose one, so I'll do similar and I'll let you guys choose. I have a poem about my brother who's autistic, or a poem about friends that I've made over the Zoom since lockdown started. Which one? Do both. Uh, are you sure? I don't want to rob anyone yeah. else's time. We have loads of time. Okay, I'll uh, I'll do the the uh, one about my brother first then. It's called like trying to draw blood from a stone. When you were a child. Child, you spoke with a stutter for a while. You would sigh in frustration at your tongue, its stubborn refusal to articulate your thoughts. But we knew that they were there, your thoughts, many and wonderful as they were. After a while, and lots of patient silence, you mastered your tongue and your confidence, and you were able to speak clearly again. You were the answer to a prayer, mon petit frère, and if the world were kinder, there would be no need for labels or phrases to explain away your quiet, gentle ways, your innocence and childlike play, your obsession with llamas. But society, obsessed with norms, must push upon you its diagnostic forms. Autistic, just a word to put in a box for people who don't behave the way they like. When you became a teenager, you stopped talking again, sat at your computer, headphones on, rarely choosing to articulate your thoughts. But I know that they're there, your thoughts, many and wonderful as they are. After a while, I patiently hope you will master yourself once more and will be able to speak clearly again. And last one, uh, it's called The Void and it's just a really, really short one. All right, Mutiny Radio listener, we want to do some fun stuff here. I'm going to make a commercial for the new Oakland comedy club called The Unicorn. And I'm going to use this music in the background because it's super fun and funky. And it's, it says Oakland is hella tight, which is absolutely true, which is where the new outdoor comedy club is and this is going to be awesome let me practice this okay this is gold grand opening copy what's up oakland have you been missing out on live music and comedy remember killer dinners don't worry about a thing because soul sausage prevents pan dementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, new sexy beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate. Featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and informations are at oaklandunicorn.com. Sponsored by Soul Sausage, Reektis Electronics, and True Healing Collective, grand opening weekend, August 6th through 9th, featuring Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran. Tickets on sale now at oaklandunicorn.com. That's oaklandunicorn.com. Hey, what's up, Oakland? 
Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember killer dinners? Don't worry about a thing because Soul Sausage Prevents Pan Dementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, new sexy beast in the Bay Area, the Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Korea, Northgate, Koreatown, Northgate, featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and information are at oaklandunicorn.com, sponsored by Soul Sausage, Rikes Electronics, and True Healing Collective. Now open for the best date in town. Tickets on sale at oaklandunicorn.com. That's oaklandunicorn.com. All right, Pam, you've practiced it. I think that you're fine. Here we go, folks. been missing out on live music and comedy remember killer dinners don't worry about a thing because soul sausage prevents oof dang it i presents 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 pam presents presents let's try that again sorry try that again hey all right What's up, Oakland? Have you been missing out on killer dinners? Oh, dang it. It is hard to do this by yourself because I've got to, like, press play and then not press play. And Dang it. Okay, let me try this again. All right. What's up, Oakland? Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember killer dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage Presents Pandementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, sexiest new beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate, featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and informations are all at oaklandunicorn.com. Sponsored by Soul Sausage, Reekdis Electronics, and True Healing Collective. Grand opening weekend, August 6th through 8th, featuring Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran. Tickets on sale now at oaklandunicorn.com. That's oaklandunicorn.com. And creation, but the place I understand is my home, Oakland. Every place I go, when the people want to know where I come from, I grab my guitar and I just strum. I got to sing them all about it because it feels alright. 
everybody for the, playing the same song over and over and over. I apologize. Uh, I'm almost there. That one was almost good, but not good enough. I need to get that Oakland's tight, hella tight at the end, you know? So here we go again, folks. <laughs> Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember killer dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage prevents... Oh, prevents, presents! Uh, presents, 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 Pam, presents. Gosh darn it. I, You know, usually I'm a one-take Benjamin here, and I'm not right now, so... And it's because I... God, I drank last night, and whenever I drink like that, I get dumb the next day. I just can't even. Okay, take t fucking 12. What's up, Oakland? Have you been missing out on live music and comedy? Remember Killer Dinners? Don't worry about a thing, because Soul Sausage Presents Pandementia has brought you the hottest, freshest, sexiest new beast in the Bay Area. The Oakland Unicorn Speakeasy Comedy and Dinner Club in Koreatown, Northgate. Featuring comedians from NBC, MTV, Comedy Central, Soul Sausage TV, and YouTube. Tickets and packages, showtimes, and information are all at oaklandunicorn.com sponsored by soul sausage retisk electronics and true healing collective grand opening weekend august 6th through 9th featuring kabir singh and xander beltran tickets on sale now at oaklandunicorn.com that's oaklandunicorn.com Perfect. I think I killed it. I think I, I think I done I think I done did it, friends. I think I done did it. Okay. Uh, let me play for you some wonderful music here. Thank you so much for listening to Mutiny Radio. Please uh, donate some money to us. Uh, thanks. <laughs> On a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we 